gonna be a training talk with Tuesday training talk with Dylan and Jared. Um, I'm Dylan Gutano, Flight Performance and Fitness. Jared Conson, also <laughs> Flight Performance and Fitness. Uh, so we had two topics we kind of wanted to go over today. One was talking about training athletes, and I think it goes to general public too, but training tissue tolerance versus movement competency. Um, all that goes into those two different categories and kind of what it means to be training each thing and what you have to consider. And then um, the other one was kind of where variability in training comes into play, athletes versus gen pop, and just kind of the whole category of variability training in general. Um, so what comes, I mean, I kind of brought up the topic, what, what kind of comes to mind for you when you're thinking about tissue tolerance versus movement competency in training? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think with a lot of this stuff, I always use the lens of like the said principle. Um, specific adaptations for imposed demands. So it obviously depends on, you know, if you have an athlete or general population, what are they preparing for, right? Is it a sport where they need to be jumping a lot? Is it a sport where they need to be changing direction a lot? It's like, we obviously need to check off those boxes. Whereas, you know, a general population person, they probably don't need to be able to absorb crazy amounts of force. Or Let's maybe talk just for athletes first. Okay, so I mean, Obviously, like if we have a tennis player, they're gonna be moving a lot more in that front plane, right? Um, they're gonna to need to hard change direction on a reaction of to where, where this ball is gonna go, right? So when we're thinking about you know tissue there, we obviously need to train them from a competency standpoint to make sure that they can actually get into that position, right? Like we need to be able to, and I'm not just gonna say arbitrarily like lateral lunges, we need a lateral lunge, but we just need to get people in that lateral stance, get them to understand the musculature that's involved there, coach them up there and get them pretty comfortable in that position. But then how do we then transition that into you know sport and moving a little bit more dynamically? So we were kind of prefacing this with a little bit of a conversation earlier on just you know the magnitude of, of how we're doing these things and like how quick and how, how, how fast we need to move into these positions and out of these positions. And we're not really doing the whole show if we're just loading them with lateral lunges and loading them with lateral stance stuff. We actually have to teach them how to absorb force into that, into that plane and also how to produce force out of that plane and then make sure that we're getting them from a load management perspective up to up to and maybe even exceeding what their sport is going to require to mitigate any sort of you know injury injury strategies that could happen as of as a result of not being you know competent in there or even just that their stress levels haven't haven't gotten there yet and then that's super maximal when they go in and go to tennis practice so they go to uh, they go to play in a match or a long day of match matches, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you speak, you're speaking to a couple different things. Like, it's like one is like the progression of how do you get someone to where you want to be from a kind of a movement standpoint. And it's like, all right, if they're going to do things fast, like they need to be able to do them slow first. Like they need to be able to be in the position and then they need to be able to load that position and feel what they're supposed to feel. And that's kind of like the, the competency part of it. And then it's like where the... How do we get them to the velocities they need and the, yeah, the magnitude part? Um, but then I think there's also just the, like, there's the volume of, of doing it in that high velocity, right? It's like you have to get them to that point from a movement standpoint, and then you have to, like, just do enough of it that it's going to be similar to the amount of impact that they're going to kind of take in. Um, I think that's the part that I think gets lost a little bit is, is understanding that, like, because I think you're going to get to these, you're going to get these athletes that they're not really there quite yet from a competency standpoint. Like everything doesn't really look good necessarily while they do it. 
but it's like if in a month, if they have, you know, they have preseason, like we still got to get them up to the volume no matter what, you know what I mean? Even if it's not and perfect the intensity, really. and the intensity, right? Like we need to get them at that speed and we need to get them doing it enough that they, their, their tissues have adapted to that, right? So I think that's the part that can get kind of lost. It's like throughout, of course, we're trying to get them good at moving. And that's like the main goal. We need to get them to understand these positions. But kind of regardless, like from a certain standpoint, either way, the capacity and getting them to the point that they've, you know, had enough um, stress on their system that they've built up enough tolerance to be able to handle game speed. You know, it's like they're, they're kind of two separate things and we're always going to be trying to bring up both, you know, like we're always going to try to get them better at moving. But at a certain point, no matter what, it's kind of a separate category from tolerance. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you just brought up a good point. It's just like, we can't let the fact that they don't move perfectly fog the fact that they're gonna be playing in a month from now. And if we don't give them enough stress, even if it's not exactly how we want it to move, that they're gonna be unprepared when it comes to the field. So we can, you know, kind of meet them halfway in terms of giving them enough of that and then giving them enough strategies where we're really trying to coach them into those positions, right? So it's kind of probably, allowing some closed chain and some open chain exercises in that specific cat- movement category, yeah. variability area. Because then there's also the, the, you know, it's this fine line sort of, because there's also like, we can't just, if they, if it's a dumpster fire, like if, <laughs> if they like cannot move, then I can't just be like, okay, high velocity, high intensity, you know what I mean? So like, you gotta meet them in the middle of finding a spot that, okay, this is still safe. They're not hurting themselves here. And that you know they're going to be okay if we build up some volume here. It's obviously it's not where we want it to be, but that's okay. And then you know there's a certain level of like if, they're, if it's really horrible, like we have to figure out the best way we can make this safe to to train at a high volume, so we're not hurting them in training too. Yeah. Um, what do you think about as far as Gen Pop? Do you think where does this come into play? or doesn't um, come into play as much. Yeah, and I, we've had some talks just in our staff meetings and stuff about uh, tolerance and load management with that stuff. And, you know, I think in, over the years, we've realized that we need to spend a little bit less time going, like trying to get to that ultimate goal, like a barbell or like these heavier movements and really spend a lot more time in, in the foundation of building motor competency and probably staying a little bit more in the sagittal plane with a lot of our primary programming. Whereas, you know, like, we've kind of discussed in warm-ups or, you know, lower intensity exercises. It's okay for us to sprinkle in maybe some um, variability stuff that isn't necessarily, you know, like the end goal, but it's gonna give them a little bit of a little bit of everything, you know? Um, and then when it comes from like a tissue perspective there, it's like we we know what we can train at this point and that's that's where we can start to really like load those pillars, load those sagittal pillars or whatever whatever we deem as you know, the heavy hitters that we can, you know, actually make a physiological change with these people. And then we can start to sprinkle in some of this other stuff and slowly kind of coach them into these other positions, probably in a more slow, more controlled environment. But yet again, at the end of the day, they don't necessarily need to be doing all those motions at those magnitudes and velocities. And the impact isn't gonna be quite as much for these people. But at the same time, everything they do on a daily basis is gonna be frontal, is gonna be transverse plane. They're going to the grocery store, they're reaching out, they're grabbing things, it's like, but how do we make sure that someone doesn't throw out their back doing that? We probably need to give them some sort of thing in here where they're giving, getting some sort of movement strategy to, you know, stabilize their core and, you know, well, hold themselves in a good position. And then I think like, it's like you, we used to think of health, I think a little differently. And it's sort of like, I think there is a level of like, all right, you think about like an older person slipping on the ice, like 
they need a certain level of like of athleticism like it, that is actually healthy for them to just have some a little bit of elasticity a little bit of you know like that kind of some strategies exactly different strategies so it doesn't need to be high intensity but putting them in those situations where they're having to do a little bit of you know bounding that kind of thing like is probably building them their resiliency as far as just being staying healthy right like yeah. so there's like a there's a low there's a i mean it's probably a low amount of you know, allocation of time that you're going to spend there but still very valuable yeah, and, and like a lower like when you say bounding like i don't want people to think like we're at 45 degree yeah bounding yeah older people it's probably some more of like a weight transfer from one leg to the other while moving forward and yeah that's still a plyometric and still you know bounding to to them specifically yeah, individuals exactly. we're not having them launch themselves up in the air but again like you said like that's going to get be some sort of resiliency there where they go to step and they step on a bit of ice and they slip instead of just going right down you know they've kind of yeah. had some some stability in that position or and you know, learn just, how you know learn how to move their feet quick and yeah and, and shuffle out of themselves exactly and, you know to eat, take that stress eccentrically like you know and i think um like that's shifted a little bit then there's also i mean i think i brought this question up in a I mean, it was a little bit, we're gonna talk about variability in a second, but um, as far as training gen pop, it's like, there's this weird thing of like, you know, if their goals are strictly body pop, essentially, it's like how much, you know, really good movement, frontal plane, transverse plane, do you really need to, to get body pop goals? And the answer is like, not much, like, right? Like you could be on a machine and, and hammer muscles and get some pretty good results from, the, you know, uh, body pump standpoint just look at bodybuilders like yeah. you know there's there's something there so it it's uh it really kind of that i think that's where it really goes into like at talking to them a lot and figuring out what they really want and and trying to decide okay like how much do i you know maybe i give 80 percent of this session is going to be towards really like doing some muscular damage talking about kind of that tissue stuff and then 20 percent is trickling in some different you know, organizing themselves in a little bit different strategy, getting to a little bit different plane, so they're not, you know, so they have a little bit more resiliency than all the other things they might want outside of just getting aesthetically looking better body comp stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I think we covered that. Moving forward, let's talk about variability. Um, it's a big buzzword these days in the, the training world. We have some, some uh, issues with the way some people do stuff, but uh, what would you think where do you think variability comes into play? What do you think it, it really means from a training perspective? When someone says like uh, movement variability or variability in training? Uh, I mean, again, it's a loaded question, but I think athletes get the majority of their variability from sport and from the activities that they do, if we're talking about athletes here. Um, I, I think that there's, there's less of, we don't, we don't need to teach people or have them practice how to self-organize on their own in here. Right, like that's. I feel like that's where the sport comes in, and drills, drills for the sport team are going to help them, you know, develop various movement variability strategies to to change direction, to to evade, to catch up, catch up to somebody, to defend, to to try to attack. I think those things are there. I don't think that they don't need to be trained, but it's just how are we going to go about training them. And I don't think by just giving them free reins to do these specific things that that's actually going to get them better at those movement strategies. Um, and like speaking to our model in just terms of you know competency first, and then you know we're going to also try to build these other strategies at the same time. 
if we're not actually teaching them how to how to do these movements, maybe in more of a drilled closed chain setting, right? The goal is to eventually get those those strategies that we can teach them how to actually load their hip, how to internally rotate their femur when they're going to explode off, how to external go from internal rotation to external rotation as they're as they're pushing off in some sort of change of direction or propulsion perspective. If we don't teach them those from a slower, more mechanical bio, biomechanical perspective, we can't expect expect them to express that on the field, right? And it's kind of just like we're not going to throw somebody under. A, a maximal effort back squat right off the bat we're probably going to start them with all these other regressed things so that we can kind of coach the qualities and the motor qualities that we want from that we're going to give them a goblet squat if they can't goblet squat well we're going to make sure what's the issue here they can't keep their core pelvis we're going to give them drills to teach them that so that then we can teach them a goblet squat so then we can give them you know the full cheeseburger and give them a back squat and we're not going to do that with like with sprinting either. I, I mean, the, like you said, in terms of tissue tolerance, there's some there's some aspect of it of they need to do sprints before they go out to their soccer season because they have pre, the preseason coming up in a month. And if I don't do that, I'm doing them a disservice. They could pull their hamstring, they could pull their calf from a tolerance perspective. But at the same time, we need to slow these things down for them, break down the biomechanics of it, and actually teach them in more of these closed chain perspective uh, perspectives and, and drills. So to then give them more of that open chain stuff to allow them to create their own variability, create their own strategies. Well, I think even for like, you just talked about sprinting, it's like, okay, we can still do that a lot of reps of sprinting and build tolerance in a 10 meter, you know, like Derek Hansen talks about that all the time. It's like, all right, we can do that in a 10 meter format and really work on mechanics, really work on that, you know, the acceleration aspect of it. And that can set them up for getting that better competency. While, you know, that's obviously gonna be a lot easier to maintain your, your um, the right position in that 10 meters then try and stretch them out to like a 40 or something like that. Yeah. So we can kind of constrain things a little bit, work on that competency and still also build tolerance by doing a lot of reps in that. You know, there's a lot of ways we can manipulate it to kind of get the best of both worlds. Yeah. But um, yeah, to your point, like, and when we talk about what is variability, it's like, it's options, probably the best way I think to describe it, right? It's like, it's giving the, the, the athlete, the human more options so it's like, yeah, you see, I feel like we are seeing a, a trend of a lot of like in the strength and conditioning room or in the, you know, these strength and conditioning facilities, a lot of like closed chain, like, or a lot of open loop kind of games, you know, like these, these small sided games. And it's like, that's, that's great. And I think it really does, like, if you can kind of implement, throw that in here and there, it's definitely important to get them in that like kind of athletic environment and kind of see where they are with things. But like you said, like, is that getting them better at it or is that just doing what they're going to do on the field anyway right like what do you are, I mean yeah you can constrain things in those situations and you know make it more geared towards a certain you know movement or a certain uh, focus but still either way you're not really like detailed working on a a specific pattern or movement or quality you know so like I think that 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 kind of drilling where we're actually detailed focusing on the competency first and then building the intensity from there and, and and starting to incorporate more elements to it is is kind of the way to go. And I think it's like you kind of see a little bit, a little bit trashed like throughout. I think the field right now is a little bit overused. That kind of the open loop stuff. Like obviously, reaction is important. Being able to like react to another person or react to like another stimulus. But you actually have to have the movement first yeah. before you're going to be able to do that in a really intense environment. Never had your car. 
never had your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think like, again, going back to it, that's not going to say that we're not going to sprint these people. We're not going to yeah. do these strategies that they need to do, but we should incorporate some sort of movement strategies that are going to help them get better yeah. at those things. And we can do that in a more closed, closed chain, controlled, slower environment, right? So if we have an athlete that's not expressing enough hip flexion when they run, all right, what can we do? We can do a lot of skipping drills. We can do a lot of A skips. We can do a lot of that stuff. And maybe we put that, the hierarchy of that earlier on in the program so that they're kind of wiring these positions in their body. Now go have them sprint. And I guarantee their hip flexion is going to be better yeah. or better than it would have been if you just had them sprint, yeah. right? And, and it kind of comes into the same thing with like just priming that movement a little bit. And we don't need to spend all of our time making it look perfect in this closed chain yeah. drill thing, but we can give them options and give them context context so that when they do go ahead and do it, it's going to be better. And if it incrementally gets better over time, then we have actually changed their movement variability and their strategies. And, and I think to me, those more um, small side games, you know, open loop stuff is more an assessment. It's more an assessment for the coach and the athlete of are these skills getting better? Because you're now you're seeing it in a real more game speed situations. You're being able to see, okay, am I actually like getting better at this? Okay, now I, I can see where I, why I'm not this, I'm not guard, I can't guard this person. Yeah. I have to get better at this skill. And now, okay, I can work on the skill a little bit in a little bit less intense, um, less cognitive thing, you know what I mean? And how about like, how about progressing it? Like quantifiably, what, other than time is a variable, but if they're doing these various drills, you don't know how far they're running, how, how many times they're changing direction, how much, how much of this and that they're doing, yeah. the only constraint that you can give there is time. Whereas if we're giving them drills, we can we can progress specific amounts of distance, we can give them specific amounts of reps, we yeah. can give them specific amount of sets. Those are, th those are variables that we can change to make sure that they're progressing on that continuum from a linear perspective. And and from what well, we spoke to, tolerance. Tolerance. Like you said, like, you know, it's like we can actually, we're, now we're really addressing load, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then I think you already kind of talked about it with, with, with general public, it really just comes down to options, like we said earlier, and it's like kind of, it's really just, it's discussing with the, with the client, trying to figure out what they really want. You know, if they care about being just really good at, like, they kind of just want to feel better, they want their movement to be good, and it's like, okay, we can like, just kind of work on movement competency and start to building and really kind of working towards options. But if their goal is more, you know, kind of set in stone as far as strength or body comp, it's kind of like, you have to really kind of work with like how much you want to allocate, how much time do you want to allocate to, to be able to have different strategies when like, you know, just a normal person walking around, you don't need a whole lot of strategies. Yeah. Like you don't need that many ways to move and that many planes and be super competent in all these planes because most people are just kind of moving sagittal, <laughs> you know, sit around. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if it's just fitness and it's just, you know, we don't actually need necessarily a ton of options. So it's kind of that, I feel like it's more of a personal thing, right? Yeah. Like I, I completely agree. Like you said, you can trickle stuff in and warm ups in. With medicine balls. Yeah. Let's get some rotational stuff in with medicine balls. If it, yeah. if it doesn't look great, it's okay. You're not going to throw your back out. Are we going to coach it a little bit? Are we going to give you a more aggressive version so that maybe we can slowly progress our way to figuring that out? Yeah, those are those are actionable things that we can do to make the person better at these things, right? I'm not just going to have, you know, Joe Schmo off the street, who's a general population person, be jumping and rotating and throwing med balls. We're going to start in more of like a fixed lateral stance position, teach him that lateral stance and then have him explode from there. If that doesn't look good, we might bring him down to the ground and have him do it from a more 
simplistic version and then slowly give him more options as as he gets as he starts to understand that position a little more. And, and it's like we talked about earlier, like with them doing some, you know, like very low intensity um, hops and bounds, like that kind of thing. It's like it can be beneficial in many ways, even if it's not perfect for a general pop person. Because it's like, all right, if you're doing like a very like a low intensity hop, a med ball throw, and then maybe like something like a sled push or something, you know, those are all, all don't really fit into like you know any kind of like body comp or whatever program, but they're all like things that's okay, they're gonna probably, it's probably gonna be a little bit aerobic work for them. It's gonna be um, some tissue tolerance as far as, you know, building some elasticity. It's gonna be some power production to med ball throw, you know what I mean? So it's like, we're getting a lot of, checking off a lot of things in probably one circuit. You know, you can do that in like a 10, 10 12 minute warm up, and it's like, you're gonna do a lot of things for a jump pop person, and then you can get into the stuff that's probably gonna be more, you know, drive a little bit more results from potentially what their goals are from a fitness standpoint. Yeah. Well, just even our conversation here, uh, going back to athletics, we've kind of pulled something that I didn't even think about, but just in my year one of experience with the free jacks and just dealing with some soft tissue injuries in the beginning. And I was kind of bouncing off a couple different ideas of is a lack of preparation from a warm up perspective is a lack of load. Um, and then like we get, it's like more of that variability piece. Right, and something that was preached to me is that we're gonna get our running volume in through playing. And if you think about it, it's not necessarily a bad idea, right? So what we did was time blocks, 90 seconds on, 30 seconds off, play rugby. We would add constraints if we wanted them to run shorter amounts of distance or have more accelerations, more decelerations. So you can make the grid smaller, you can get the field bigger. But what we started having was these little, there's trends, there's hamstrings that kind of were happening a little bit. And then there were, you know, some some Achilles and calf calf yeah. things, right? And so it probably goes into all those buckets of, you know, load, mm -hmm. prep, uh, how pre how prepared were they, this and that. But what it came down to was the fact that we weren't checking off those boxes in the other areas. I think that came back to why these things were happening. We had one of our starting hookers tear a hamstring more than halfway through the season, late in the session. And I don't think that that's a lack of tolerance because we're halfway into the halfway in the session. But what had what was he doing when he did it? He was at a full sprint chasing a kick that he that he put on himself, and he probably hadn't done that high magnitude or high velocity of sprinting, being the nature of his position, a hooker. So he's never really going to open up that much, yeah. right? But I was confined to not being able to do decent amount of sprint work with these people yeah so if you think about it from a variability thing we were playing a lot of rugby he was doing a lot of what was what was asked for we were probably up to about 18k a week so it's not training volume but, but it's a specific speed how many times yeah. did he get to top end speed yeah. in that 8 to 12 week period yeah it's now now i now i probably didn't prepare him to run that full speed yeah that, that late in the season really because i didn't give him enough of that volume there yeah and then and it's like it's probably a tough tough situation a little bit of figuring out okay like how many do how much top end do, do they need you know it's like now obviously not really a lot because they didn't even do it doesn't happen much but it is going to happen but it's still there. you gotta have it right? it's something we can't ignore it. yeah exactly um so i think i mean that that i think right there highlights the the difficulty of being a strength conditioning coach kind of at that level of performance because it's like they're you know they have the ability they have the the physical power and speed to be able to get to very high intensities with things. So it's like, they gotta have it in their arsenal 
yeah. or something bad's gonna happen. You know, so you gotta really check those boxes. Like Bill Hartman says, we gotta protect him from the superpowers. Yeah, right? exactly. This kid's very strong. He's a he's a good athlete, but he hasn't spent enough time there at top speed, and yeah. he was able to get himself there. Yeah. But obviously, bad stuff happens if he's yeah. not prepared from a load load management variability standpoint. Yeah. Right. He got a ton of variability in what what he's good at and what, what his normal play is like, but we didn't stroke enough of that twenty percent that we're talking yeah. about. And that, that came back to bite us. And then, you know, we had some other calf and Achilles stuff and it was mostly isometric issues of when those happened. And I was like, hey, we probably didn't do enough of this isometric work and we can do a decent amount of it in the gym, but what are we doing out in the field when they're in cleats, when they're at when they're at high speeds? How, how come we didn't work on this? And it's probably because we didn't do enough change of direction work and enough yeah. hard planting and hard cutting and stuff like that because we were gonna spend the majority of our sessions playing rugby. Yeah. And Yes, we are checking off the boxes of getting a lot of these qualities, but we do need to spend a decent amount of time on actually making sure they're doing them right. Yeah. And actually being able to quantify how much load we're doing in those yeah. in those buckets. And making sure that they before it's season time. That those are those they, are filled. That they got there. And I think for probably a lot of those guys, the way that they came in late and yeah. you know, from all different places in the yeah, world. Yeah, there wasn't that prep time, you yeah. know, and that's that's gonna be huge. Yeah. Um I think that's all we got for today. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. I think we're going to have another episode up next week. So yeah. we'll Let us know if you have any questions or feedback or con um, ideas on things we can talk about or just things that we have talked about. Maybe you guys have an opinion on what we were talking about today. Um, if you want to add to the conversation or you know pick our brains or see where we're at with that stuff, that'd be great. All right. See you.